Genesis chapter 5, and then put a marker at Matthew chapter 1. Maybe put your ribbon or tear a map out of the back, something. Put a marker at uh, Matthew chapter 1. So look at Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. This is the book of the generations of Adam. Now turn, keep your place in Genesis, but look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. This is, these are the only two places in the Bible with all of the different genealogies that you have. This is the only, these are the only two places in the Bible that talk about the book of the generations. So you have the book of the generation of Adam or the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. You are either a part of Adam's family or you're a part of Jesus Christ's family. Those are the only two families that you're a part of. And I want you to see something that's very important. Genesis chapter 5, and let's look at verse 5. Genesis 5, 5. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And he died. This is the first natural death to occur in the Bible. Some say this is the saddest verse in the Bible. This was never supposed to happen. It was never supposed to happen. If you look down at uh, verse 8, And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Look at verse 11, And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. Verse 14, And all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. If you look at verse 17, And all the days of Mahaliel were 890 and five years, and he died. If you look at verse 20, And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. Now I like verse 24, And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. But if you look at verse 27, And all the days of Methuselah were 960 and nine years, and he died. In verse 31, and all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 1, and I want you to notice something. Verse 1 again, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, and Judas begat Phares and Zerah. And Tamar and Phares and, and Phares begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Naasan, and Naasan begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon that had been the wife of your... Of, begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Now, what are you noticing... That's missing when we compare the genealogy of Jesus Christ with the genealogy of Adam. And he died. And he died. How do we understand that? What is the, what is the, the, the scriptural understanding of that? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15.
And look at verse 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The difference between being in the family of Adam and the family of Jesus Christ. If you're in Adam, you're going to die. If you're in Christ, you're going to live. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us understand. understand the difference between Adam and Christ. Adam and Christ. Adam was made in the image of God. And that's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. Let's look at it. Genesis 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So Adam was created in God's image. Jesus Christ was God's image. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, speaking of Christ, says, "...who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high." Adam was created in the image of God. Jesus Christ was the image and is the image of God. One was vanquished in the garden. That's Adam. Jesus Christ conquered Satan in the garden. One was den one denied the word and surrendered to temptation. In Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4, we have Jesus Christ resisting the temptation of Satan and overcoming him through the word of God. One denied the word. One was upheld by the word. One fallen man became the father of all who die. And one became a brother. He became a brother to us who want to place our faith and trust in Jesus. Remember, he came unto his own and his own received him not, but to many as received him, to them gave he power to be called the sons of God. Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. We get to become sons by adoption, according to Ephesians chapter 1. Isn't that wonderful? We become not only sons, but heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You're either in, Satan, or in Adam's family or you are in Jesus Christ's family. In Adam's family, you die. In Jesus Christ's family, you live. You're either in Christ or you're in Adam. Now, I want you to see something from Genesis chapter 5. And I mentioned to you that Genesis chapter 5 is one of the most amazing chapters in the Bible. It, and now on first glance, you might not think so. So let's go there and take a look at it. Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1. And the first thing that I want you to see on your outline, number 1, is a loving union. A loving union. Look at what it says. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. And the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them, and called their name Adam and Eve in the day when they were created. Did I mess up somehow in reading? What does the Bible say? He called their name Adam. Now, wait a minute. My math is off a little bit right here. He called their name Adam. Well, when I was married to my wife, Laura, she was married to me. The preacher stood up in front of the church and said, I now present unto you Mr. and Mrs. James Alter. Why? 
Because the Bible says that we're supposed to leave father and mother, and they twain became one flesh. Ladies, have you ever wondered why you take your husband's name? You take your husband's name because God intended you to be one flesh, and as the husband is the head of the wife, so Christ is the head of the church. Amen? This is a beautiful, a beautiful loving union. Let's look at it again. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them. And look at what it says. And blessed them. And blessed them. And called their name Adam in the day that they were created. Letter A on your outline. Adam called her Eve. God called her Adam. Adam called her Eve. God called her Adam. Why? Why? When, when the Bible says that Adam called her Eve because she was the mother of all living, that is a human designation for Eve. She is not the mother of all living. When God created the heaven and the earth, He breathed into them the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Eve is not the mother of Adam. Amen? Well, how about all of the angels? All the angels. It, we're not going to take the time to go there, but the Bible says when, when, at, when Job is questioning God, God questions Job. says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Speak if you have understanding. Where were you? When the sons of God shouted for joy, these sons of God, these angels that were there celebrating the creation of the world were there before Eve. So Eve is not the mother of all living. That is Adam's name for Eve. And so this is where we have to get a, a serious understanding. Was it wrong for her to call him that? Was it wrong for him to call her that? No, God allowed it in the scriptures. God allowed it in the scriptures. But we need to understand that the lady, and boy, this is, don't get mad at me. Ladies, you get your identity. You get your identity from your husband. Sounds like that. Some of you laughing. They don't. It's wild. It goes so far against who we are in this world now. Ladies, you were created to complete your husband. Does this mean I'm just part of a person before I get married? Well, ladies, I don't know about you, but I guarantee you the guys are. I promise you. And it's so interesting that when a husband dies, the ladies, they generally do pretty good. Wife dies, six months later, that guy's married again. And the kids get all upset. How many of you know a family, wife died, husband gets married again really quick, and it bothers the kids? Y'all ever been around that? You know why the guy does that? Because we're worthless. I'm just telling you. My mom, my mom always said that a man's not worth anything until he turns 25. Then I turned 25 and it became 30. <laughs> I promise you, I was worthless before. I had, you know what I, what I had accomplished before I met Laura and got married? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I hadn't graduated from college. I'd taken a lot of courses. 
I had had a lot of jobs. I had really bad credit. I had accomplished nothing before I married Laura. And she completed me, and now I'm the greatest preacher in America. <laughs> it's just... Okay, maybe that's exaggerating. But I, I was literally incomplete before I got married. And that's what the woman does. She completes the man. And honestly, I think women are much more self-sufficient than men are. How many of you people would agree with that? It is just true. Ladies, all the women raise their hands. Ladies, have you ever experienced this? Honey, where are my black socks? There it. <laughs> Listen, woman. <laughs> How many of you have had this conversation? Where are my black socks? They're in the drawer. No, they're not. Have you looked? Yeah, I just looked. They're not there. And then the lady goes, and the socks are right there in the drawer where she put them. Now, how many of you, that's happened to you and your family? Men are helpless without the woman. So, ladies, here's this idea. You getting your identity from the man, you're helping that poor knucklehead. But it is God's plan for you, ladies, for you ladies to get your identity from your husband. He called their name Adam. The best thing that you can do is make your husband the best man of God he could ever be. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. Adam called her Eve. God called her Adam. Letter B, God planned for man and woman to live together as one flesh, reproducing sons of God to worship their creator in perfect holiness. God planned for man and woman to live together as one flesh, reproducing sons of God to worship their creator in perfect holiness. Look at Luke chapter 4. Let's make it Luke chapter 3, verse 38. This is the reverse of the genealogy. This is the genealogy. The Matthew genealogy is the genealogy of Joseph. He goes back to Jesus Christ and David through Solomon. Mary goes through Abraham, or Mary goes through uh, um, Nathan, all the way back, bypassing the blood curse of Jeconiah. We can talk about that another time. But look at Genesis. Look at Luke chapter 4. And ver- <laughs> Pray for me. Comfort the feeble-minded. Luke three thirty-eight, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. That's Luke chapter 3 and verse 38. I want all of you to see that and mark that. Adam was the son of God. Through his relationship with his bride, Adam was supposed to reproduce other sons of God to love, and worship, and adore, glorify, magnify the God that had created them. But, of course, we understand that they fell. So, number one on your outline, look at it again. Go back to Genesis 5. Number one, a loving union. Number two, a lost image. A lost image. Remember what the Bible says. In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. When they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they will die. Let me ask you something. The Bible says he lived 900 and, what is it, 930 years? Adam lived, what, what's it say? Let's look at it. Genesis chapter 5. 
Yeah. Nine, look, Genesis 5, 5. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years. And he died. The Bible says, In the day that thou eatest of the fruit, thou shalt surely die. Well, he lived 930 years. Did God lie? What died? Let's look. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 3. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. See, he could no longer reproduce sons of God. He could only reproduce sons of Adam. After his image, after his likeness. You say, how did Adam live 930 years? Well, he didn't have all of the genetic corruption that we have. That got handed down from person to person to person. So now if you live to be 85, 90 years old, you are old and your body is struggling. Amen. It's hard to get old, folks. It is hard to get old. Why? Because sin entered into the world and death by sin. This corruption came in. So now we have a lost image. Adam no longer has the image of God. He's not the son of God anymore. Now look at what happens. Look at your outline. Letter A. Adam now had children in his image after his likeness. Adam now had children in his image after his likeness. Letter B, we are condemned through Adam. We are condemned through Adam. And I believe I have the verse printed there for you, and we looked at it earlier, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. For as an Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You know what the Bible says about this? When you have Eve lusted after that fruit, the, the, the serpent tempted her, she ate that fruit, Adam freely, willingly, because of his love for his wife, took and eat of the ate of the fruit. And that's what the Bible says, that Eve, Adam was not deceived, but Eve being deceived was in the transgression. First Peter, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, 13. When that happened, when they ate of the fruit, they lived out what James 1.15 says. Listen to what it says. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, and when, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And so when we get to Genesis chapter 5 and verse 5, and he died is the result of lust leading to sin, which leads to death. And that is, the, that is the life that man lives in Adam. Now, if we close the Bible right there, that would be a sad message, wouldn't it? But let's look at this. Number three, a living message. A living message. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it is the honor of kings to search out a matter. There's some fun stuff in this, in this chapter, Genesis chapter 5. Who's the oldest man in the Bible? Methuselah. How long did he live? 969 years. But you know the amazing thing is? The oldest man in the Bible, the oldest man in the Bible, died before his father. The man to live the longest in the Bible died before his father. 
Enoch. He was translated. He was taken. He never died. That's his father. That's cool. You got to admit, that's kind of fun. This isn't like two people like that. I think that's really cool. Enoch, the old, or Noah, or Methuselah, the oldest man in the Bible, lived longer than his father. So now I want you to see some things about this that'll teach you some things. Adam. If you look at letter A in your outline, the book of the generations, we've already compared that with Matthew chapter 1, letter B. Genesis chapter 5 is the genealogy of Adam. So number one on your outline, Adam. And when you understand what these words mean, I have a blank for you next to it. I'm going to give you a word or a phrase to put in that blank, and then I'll give you some other information you might want to write in the space below it. But what I want you to write right there is man. Adam's name means man. There are 17 different minerals that make up your body, and those same 17 minerals are found in the dirt, in basic clay. Adam was made of the dirt. He, he formed him of the clay and breathed in him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Adam, his name means man. The next person to be born that's in this list, the next person we have in the list is Seth. Seth. It's verse 4. After he begotten Seth. Seth's name, go back to Genesis chapter 4 and verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Seth's name means appointed. 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 Go to Genesis chapter 5. Look at verse 6. And Seth lived in hundred and five years and begat Enos. Enos. Now, when you look at Enos... There are Hebrew roots that make up these names. Now, for us, my name is James. I don't have any idea what James means. James Andrew. I don't have any idea what that means. Some of you, if your name it goes back to a Hebrew or to another language, your name actually means something. We just name our kids because we like the name. Right? I went to school with a girl named Sally. Sally. How about that? I went to another. I went to school with another girl named Candy Kane. Now, was there any meaning in that? Yes. Let me give you the meaning of those names. The meaning of those names is mom and dad are idiots. <laughs> That's what those names mean. It's like a boy named Sue, right? Name him so he can be tough as he grows up. There's a reason for for naming here in the in the Bible. These names actually had meaning. And the name came from their Hebrew root, actually explained great and deep meaning to their names. Now, look at this next one, Enos. Enos, that means mortal, mortal. Underneath that, you might want to write frail, miserable. It's the state of the human condition, mortal. Number four, Canaan. The way that it's spelled, though, is Kenan in the, in the Hebrew, and that means sorrow, sorrow. Now, I don't know why you would name your child that. But the idea of that root, it's a dirge. It's like a, it, it, it's an elegy. It's a, it's a sad poem. So that was the state of life when, for this person who named their child. The next one is Mahaliel. Mahaliel. And look at that in verse 13. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahaliel. 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 Now, what that means is that Mahaliel... That is blessed. And then that extra L on the end is God. El Ohim. That L is God. So this is the blessed God. 
the blessed God. Now we're going somewhere. Look at verse 16. And Mahalalel <laughs> lived after he begat Jared 830 years. So Jared, Jared, what does Jared mean? Jared is an interesting thing. It means shall come down. Shall come down. Then the next one is the one that I love, Enoch. Enoch. Look at what the Bible says, verse 19. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years and he died. Now look at verse 21. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, I want you to understand some things about Enoch that are really interesting. Now, Enoch, something happened when he was 65 years old. Something significant happened. Well, we understand that Methuselah was born. That was significant. But something happened from the time he was 65 years old through the end of his life. For 300 years, Enoch walked with God in a very special way. But not only did Enoch walk with God, Enoch was a prophet. Look at the book of Jude, all the way back at the end of your Bible, right before Revelation. And I want you to see what Jude's prophecy included. Look at Jude, verse 14. And Enoch, also the seventh from Adam. Now look at what he prophesied. Prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, do you see that? What, so give me one word to describe the people that Enoch was talking about. Ungodly. I was listening to a guy teach on this passage, and he said, obviously, the translators got stuck. No, maybe they just translated the word that maybe God got stuck on. Remember, repetition is God's volume control. When God repeats something in the Bible, it's because he wants you to know what he's talking about. So what happened to Enoch when he was 65 was God revealed to him the wickedness that was already in the world. And he named his son something very special. Enoch's name means teaching. Enoch's name means teaching. His son was Methuselah. Methuselah, the first part, we would transliterate it in English, M-U-T-H, Muth, and that means death. The second part of his name is translated all through the Bible some 65 times, shall bring. And almost every time it's talking about judgment. So what Methuselah's name was, it was a prophecy. His death shall bring. Something is going to happen when Methuselah dies. His death shall bring. Can I tell you something that will just blow your mind? Remember I told you how important Genesis chapter 5 is? What is Noah known for? What's that? The flood. That's right. He was a preacher of righteousness, but he was not the first one to begin preaching that the flood was coming. Enoch began preaching it. 
And we have his message, his sermon, in Jude 14 and 15. Listen to what his sermon included. He said, in its prophecy, he said, We know the Lord's coming is sure. We know who will accompany the Lord. We know the purpose of His coming. And we know the result of His coming. That was Enoch's message that he was preaching. So this preaching started a long time before Noah. How long before the flood did it start? 969 years. The year that Methuselah died is the year that Noah Closed that God closed the door on the ark, and the flood came, and the world ended. It ended. I want you to see something. When we looked at the name Jared, look at your outline. Jared shall come down. Do you know what the old the the Hebrew prophet or the Hebrew scholars they believed? The Hebrew scholars believed. That this, the timing of Jared, the reason they named him that, was because of Genesis 6.1. Look at Genesis 6.1 with me. This is not some late fabrication. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. What happened here? What happened? This is when the sons of God, these, these angels, these fallen angels, they came. You say, sons of God? Wait a minute, I thought Adam was a son of God. He was a son of God. His sons were sons of Adam. Who are these sons of God? In Remember, Job chapter 38, we have these sons of God, and they're listed. Sons of God are always angels in the Bible, or a direct creation of God. Adam being the direct creation of God, and then these sons of God are angels. So now you have these fallen angels coming down. That's what's being spoken of when Jared was named. That's when this wickedness starts to take over the earth. Enoch starts preaching about the ungodliness. He names his son his death shall bring. Uh, this, this one guy that I was listening to on this, you know what he said? He said, can you imagine how scared the neighborhood got when Methuselah got a cold? They knew that when Methuselah died, judgment was going to come. And you can look at the dates that are given for all of these people. And if you look at it, you can see that the year that Methuselah died is the year that the flood came. His death shall bring. Next. Next. Look at Lamech. Lamech. And this is Genesis chapter 5. And if you look at verse uh, 25, and Methuselah lived in 180 and seven years and begat Lamech. Lamech. Now, the root of that, you can tell already, it's Lamentations, isn't it? Look at uh, Genesis chapter 4. Here's another Lamech, and it's verse 18. And unto Enoch was born Erad, and Erad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begat Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. And Ada bare Jabel, and he was the father of such as dwell in tents, 
and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Now look at verse 23. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech. For I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. And here's what the, the, the oral tradition of the Israelites, of the Jewish people, says that he killed his son by mistake in an accident. And his name, it means to lament. It means to be full of sorrow. The book of Lamentations, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. So now we have another Lamech, and his name means the despairing, sorrowful, the despairing. So write that down, number nine, the despairing. And then Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 5, and look at what it says in verse 29, or verse, verse 28. And Lamech lived an hundred eighty and two years and begat a son, and he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord had cursed. So Noah's name means rest or comfort. Rest or comfort. Now, you might be thinking, Pastor Jim, that's all tremendous information. But what does it have to do with me? Well, start at the top at man. I want you to read the message that God has given us in the genealogy of Adam in Genesis chapter 5. Man appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest and comfort. The message of redemption is found in the genealogy of Adam through Noah in Genesis chapter 5. What an amazing thing. What does that teach us? Let her see. God's plan of redemption was not an afterthought. God's plan of redemption was not an afterthought. He made this, this beautiful union. And then there was sin. Adam lost the image of God. But God wasn't shocked. He had planned. He had given Jesus Christ, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And even in the names of the people given in the genealogy, you have the promise of the gospel. That's why Genesis chapter 5 is one of the most important books, one of the most important chapters in the Bible. Because all the way at the beginning of Scripture, we have the plan that comes to the end. Are you glad that Jesus Christ came to save you? Jesus Christ died on the cross for you personally. He came for the world, but He came for you. The Bible says there's only two kinds of people in the world. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Two kinds of people. People that have the Son of God and they have eternal life. And people who don't have the Son of God and they don't have eternal life. Only two families. There's Adam's family, which leads to death. There's Jesus Christ's family, which leads to life. There are those who have been born once. They're the ones in Adam's family and they're going to die. There are those who have been born again. They're the ones in Jesus Christ's family and they get to live. Have you been born again? Have you placed your faith and trust in Christ alone for your eternal life? I want you to understand something. God has told you over and over and over again. He loves you so much, He sent His only Son. He loves you so much that He had Moses 4,000 years ago write it down 
in the Bible. Imagine, 2,000 years before the New Testament was written, God had the gospel in Genesis chapter 5. That's God's supernatural plan for you. Have you placed your faith and trust in Christ alone? I hope that you have. If you're born again, I hope that you trust His Word and His amazing plan. Do we serve a great God? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you.